you are listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf, and I am with co-host today, Jess Hendrick, and we are graced with the presence of Ama Castro, who is a relationship, I can't talk, alchemist. You're doing great. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> This episode has been a long time in the making. You, If you've followed this podcast so far, you've heard of Ama. You've, Jess has referenced, I have referenced. Um, we've been on the land with Liza shooting an episode. So here she is in the flesh. <laughs> it's me. I'm, I made it. Finally. <laughs> She's a real person. I'm, I'm real. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that. And um, I feel really deeply honored that I've been woven throughout the conversations and hearts and um, just all the relationships and everything connected really to this land and to community and and to all of us who who get to really um, you know just my experience is watching all of us remember who we are in our deepest essence mm -hmm. through it all. Right, the beauty and the ecstasy and the dance parties under the stars and the magic and everything that feels so amazing and delicious. And then also too, just the reality of being human beings, working stuff out together. And mm -hmm. so also through the moments of conflict, contraction, rupture, repair, uh, it's just really, I, I sit in awe mm. of the magnitude of what we all have been so willing to keep showing up for over and over and over again. So to sit with the two of you and this incredibly beautiful creation and finally get to land here just really feels like such a gift. Thank you. Yeah. And Thank the, you. yeah. And the journey that we've been on collectively and individually over the past few years and how our lives have shifted and moved and transformed and evolved and devolved at times and then revolved. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. And for anyone who's been listening, so Ama and her husband Santos are my mentors and Sarah Wolf always makes fun of me because she's like, every time you mention them, then you say that they're your mentors. She has like, yeah, she has her disclaimer. Like she says your guys' name and then, and then she goes into a whole description and it's the same one every time. It's really cute. So everyone knows oh, now. Like everyone knows now. I just want to be mentioning like a random, anyway. So I may have over explained that just a little bit, but this is, so this is Ama and she has trained me in terms of how to support people with conscious partnership and also coached me personally. So it's been a huge gift to work through a lot of everything you were just naming Ama with your support. It's been so beautiful and it's, I love any chance I get to just bring this to more people and and support all of us in this human experience <laughs> so excited that you're here thank you thank you so much and i really know that that's the truth of your heart and i've watched you over and over and over and over again come back to that north star and devotion to what love looks like um what integrity looks like um, what compassion looks like and what service looks like. And so bows to you and what a gift also to be walking with you through that journey in all the aspects. <laughs> yeah, it really is. 
really yeah. is. And I was sharing, we just, we just had a really beautiful experience in Joshua tree. And I had like a full circle moment after this, like really deep, darkest night of the soul I've ever experienced to coming to the other side of it and feeling really euphoric, <laughs> like, oh, wow, it actually there really does feel like there is a divine plan and orchestration to what? Oh my gosh, this is actually true because I really do believe that. And then there's been moments where it's just been so challenging that I'm like, "Eh, no, maybe not. Maybe this shouldn't be happening in this way. And I really don't agree with the way it's being orchestrated (laughs) to coming to the full circle moment of like, I see it. Huh. And like you said, just being in awe of the orchestration and the process that I really, or we really could not have planned with our human Mm. minds. Yeah, it's so easy when we're right in the middle of that birth canal and like everything's on fire and (laughs) there's no clarity, right? Or other side yet where we can look back and go, oh my God, it totally all makes sense why that had to happen. Where the idea of, oh, this is being divinely orchestrated feels like a big load of bullshit because it's really sometimes super uncomfortable to be in the middle of that and be able to hold that center place of like, Mm -hmm. I know in all of my deepest places that everything that is happening right now, there is divine orchestration and organization. And I can Mm -hmm. choose to show up in this and receive whatever medicine is being offered to me here. And like even the knowing of that and the belief of that, the conceptual idea of that to integrate it into practice and to work with all of the components and the parts of ourselves that aren't fully on board with that, especially when we're absolutely terrified or we're navigating such a historical experience of trauma that's in the body and the nervous system, right? Can't regulate itself. So the idea sounds cool in those moments, but actually the practice and the mastery of holding that and working with all of those parts and integrating those parts into the belief, like that's the part that is just really something, isn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really, really is. I mean, I know when I'm in, when I'm in the thick of it and someone says to me, like, it's being divinely orchestrated, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. (laughs) Like, I don't want to hear that right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it, there is, it's, it's, there is medicine in there, you know, and there's learning and lessons. And I can really see from a soul level why I would have, you know, chosen to have this experience now at this point on the other side. But I think there are two just moments within when it's happening that it's really okay if you're not kind of enrolled in that idea in that moment, because you're totally trying to get through moment to moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I love it. You know, my one of my besties in the in the universe and also co-creator, collaborator, Alice, who we both know dearly. Um, she's so kind and just gentle and loving. Oh, she's been on here. So yeah, there, yep. she, she's in here. She's in the library. Yep. Of yeah, this gorgeous um, space. So she says the sweetest thing. And she just says, you know, everybody gets a seat at the table, right? And the idea of that, that we can actually grow a container so big that all of these places of our experience, and I have another um, person who I just deeply respect, who's been a mentor to me, um, James Fish, you know, it's like this 
this place where in our human experience, we could be having two very alive, simultaneous, incongruent things going on, right? So I could believe in this divine orchestration and I could think it's complete bullshit all at the same time. I yeah. could be knowing and trusting that everything is happening in divine order and that actually what's in front of me is happening for me while also being in the reality of my heart completely breaking and mm -hmm. tending to that pain. Mm -hmm. And so this is where there's just so much that we can grow and mature in, in the moving away from the like polarization of right and wrong and good and bad and black or white and, and actually getting that life is a series of complexities and nuances and in mm. any given moment, when you've got human beings involved, there could be so many things happening at that at that time. Most of us are walking around and navigating the world in such a way that there's really little to, to no awareness of all of those complexities, all of those nuances, all of those incongruencies, and um, and the. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, and I speak from my own experience that most of my life was lived in such a way that I was completely oblivious to, dissociated from, and removed from all of these nuances and incongruencies and complexities of what was my very real experience in any given moment. Mm -hmm. So there's this progression of, first of all, becoming aware that we're just like completely not in our experience. And then, holy moly, the reality of what that path actually looks like and all of the moments to come and the things that would continue to invite us into the opportunity to be intimately connected with those things in our own experience that would allow us then to create intimacy with other human beings. Mm -hmm. We want to jump into oftentimes like the connection and intimacy piece without actually sort of arriving in our own bodies first. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I have a series of relationships that were coming from that place. And needless to say, I don't talk to any of them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that piece that you just named for me has been such a huge part of my own journey because I really didn't understand. Like I, I heard, you know, you need to be. So if you're having a pattern of attracting unavailable people, which some people may relate to this or you know, some, some of us may relate. Um, like, has anyone been available in my history? Like, yeah. Have I been available? No, I don't know. Like, but that's, that's the piece, right? It's like, yeah. well, actually, if we're continuing to pull it into our experience, then there's something within us that's unavailable. And so my question was, well, how do I become available to myself? Right. And then this is where Amma was really helpful in naming exactly what you just named is like, slowing down, tuning into your own experience and really being available for what's here within you. Because if you're not able to do that for yourself, then you will not be able to show up in that way for another human. And so that's how we become available mm -hmm. to ourselves. And then shifts happen in our outer world as a result, like my, the people in my life have shifted and become more available as I've become more available to myself, thank God, but I didn't understand it for the longest time. Like, what does that even mean? How do you do it? And what does it look like? So I'm really grateful to have a better understanding and I'm still working on it, to be honest. But I feel like this has kind of been popping up. You and me uh, both. Yeah. For the past like few or a little while now, it's like, I feel like as we 
I'm just going to use this as a prop. As we like awaken, as we evolve as a collective, as we're raising consciousness and like as we are breaking out of the so-called matrix in a sense or this old way of thinking, it's like we were raised and what we were taught was a two-dimensional mm just a two-dimensional way of life. Like how you were saying about, you know, just jumping in a relationship. We are programmed to be like A to Z and it looks like this and nothing in between mm. in ourselves. Like you're just, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get older, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this, like these, these layers or the seat at the table, right? Like we can't have the bad stuff, make it go away. So it's only good, only good, mm. only good. Oh, you're not having a good time? Put you on medication. Oh, da, 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 da. And like, now I feel like what's kind of like being shown is like the multidimensional universe is like, not just a two mm. D, two D, three D like perspective. It's like five D, 60, 70 multiple layers that we get to play with. We're not just one type of person. We're all type of person, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're playing the bad part for you and the good part for you and the, this over here, and we're <laughs> going to shift evolve. And last week I was this person and this week I'm this person and allowing like the fluidity of every aspect of being mm -hmm. to come into and to like, you know, it's becoming, allowing us to be more of this multidimensional figure instead of just like this little paper doll that's like walking down the street unplugged from. <laughs> <laughs> I Terrible examples. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Here I go. But that's what it feels like. Like since my, like these veils have been just like laid, the layers have been going off. And I'm like, what was I doing? Like even five years ago, two years, you know what I mean? Like, whoa, this is a totally different reality that I'm a part of right now. And I mm -hmm. couldn't see it before because I was a paper doll. Right. Just <laughs> yeah. And that, that whole concept that more than one thing can be true, right? Like, Alice, Alice really helped me with that too, because I was so stuck in like good, bad, right, wrong. And it was like, well, what if this is true? And that's true. What if this and this and that, and that, and this is true all at the same time. And it like, it just creates the spaciousness where it's, oh, it doesn't have to be black and white. There are nuances because we are complex beings and we all have different pasts and the way we interpret things is different depend, depending on our past experiences. And all of these things can help us to understand ourselves better and then relate to others in a more mm -hmm. spacious way too. But it really helped that concept for me. The more than one thing can be true. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I love what you're both saying. You know, it's like just the bigger complexities because we really think about the universe and how complex that really is. Like what we're working with here it's pretty minimal right <laughs> like what's available in infinity you know so um yeah this idea of just like that we are always in this ever-expanding experience just like the universe and so mm -hmm. we are always getting to evolve and expand and grow and meet these um more complex systems within ourselves and life and when we just even look at the timeline of what's gone on here on planet earth, right? Like the experiences and the opportunities that we're presented with that our mothers were not, 
right? Or our grandmothers, just like the what was going on here and what they were going through, what they were walking through and the reality of what was available to them in the timeline that they came in. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's it seemingly, it just feels like it's really, really moving so, 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 so fast. And, you know, you mentioned the matrix and I'm a big fan of, you know, breaking free of it all. And there's so many things that I've done in my physical world to uh, really shift the way that I live, which both of you know and are aware of, right? From pulling my kids out of school and homeschool and living on a bus and being wild and free and like detoxing from a lot of the, the social and societal conditioning and programming that was instilled so early and then reinforced throughout so many moments of life. And that's so cool and so awesome. And the... The matrix that I find to be the most challenging to free myself from on an ongoing basis, right, is the one that would exist inside of myself. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I could like rebel against the systems and like, well, you know, do all that. But how much are they still alive inside of my own essence? And where have they gotten in and created internal prisons mm -hmm. where maybe seemingly in the outside, woo, wild and free out here in Joshua Tree, you know, but like, am I still imprisoning myself in ways? And that's where life just continues to show because there's a part of me, the super impatient, really like overly ambitious and a bit of a perfectionist. So I want to like free myself all today, right? Like, I'm <laughs> out of right now. And then as I have gone through some of the most intense death and then rebirth through this experience, I'm like, thank God I didn't have to do this all in one day. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's no way that ever would have been possible mm -hmm. because the amount of stuff energetically, physically, emotionally of growing that capacity like, I'm just so grateful I'm not the, the highest power in charge mm -hmm. and that there is that divine orchestration and organization of life that is sometimes organizing things in a way that I, in my mind, would prefer not to be organized that way. And wow, the gift and the blessing, sort of what you were speaking to earlier, Jess, of what you just walked through, right? It's like when you're in it and everything's collapsing and like every part that you created in yourself to experience some kind of safety in the world based on where we come from, both in our own experience and then the lineage and all the collective pieces, when all of those systems are being dismantled and there's no place to grasp and you're in this like falling into an abyss that just feels like your cries become whispers that just echo throughout all time and space and no one can help you, that place, mm. like in that moment, it's, it's between you and great mystery and great mother. Mm -hmm. And to have to do all of the, those moments in one day, it was really, really, really just crazy thinking. And it's this ongoing evolution and, and experience, you know, like, I really have not experienced that there's a, a completion and a graduation to any of this and that mm -hmm. life continues <laughs> to organize itself in ways that we No graduation. Yeah. Or completion. <laughs> or completion. <laughs> no completion. And why would there be? <laughs> like if we're if we're really ever expanding with an ever expanding universe, like the idea of 
total completion is fantastical, right? And so there's that is a part of my practice as well of like letting go of this um, tendency to lean towards fantasy mm-hmm. versus the practice and acceptance of what life actually is and the willingness to keep meeting it over and over and over again, including and- the moment, yeah. Oh yeah, no, go on. Just including the moments of like the deepest, greatest, most beautiful, precious joy. And also the ones that have just broken my heart and like the deepest place of grief and sorrow where, you know, you feel like maybe I'm not ever going to come out of this place. Mm -hmm. The willingness to just keep going to the mat over and over again in these ways is Mm. the, the practice and devotion. Yeah. What came to me when you were talking about like the getting to the completion or the graduation, it's what like literally dropped in was like, why would you limit yourself to that? (laughs) Why, why, why would you do that to yourself? Like you don't know what's beyond the, beyond the beyond. Like, why are you putting an end to the infinity of, we don't know what we don't know. We can't like, could you think of like 15 years ago in your consciousness and evolution of a human that you would be where you're at based on the information we had, like kind of internet-y starting <laughs> and like the, like we didn't know, like that's why I say, I wake up in yeah. awe and so many days like, oh, this is who I am now. Like I can see like, holy shit, I didn't know when I was young that this was even a possibility to be this type of a human. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 100 percent so let's not limit the way you're saying that yeah yeah and and complete let's keep going and it be incomplete till you know because yeah yeah we're just always evolving and growing and life is going to keep teaching us and there's going to keep being deeper layers of this maybe the same lessons maybe different lessons the nuances of specific lessons and it is really if we can just accept that that is the process of life and that it's ever expanding and we're always evolving then we can relax into that more and you know there are the ups and downs of life so how do we navigate those ups and downs because they're inevitable yeah and that's where we get to keep growing our capacity and keep meeting all the nuances and the complexities and really slowing down and creating the integration of these parts, right? So something I didn't know when I was growing up in an environment where crying was a liability and I really trained myself not to cry, I didn't in that moment have access to the information that by shutting down my grief, I was also shutting down my joy because it's the same place that processes both of those. So you can't turn down the volume on one and then not the other, right? We're just, we're learning how to disconnect and sever the relationship to our hearts because there's just no container capacity to be able to actually navigate any of that in a way that would allow for a sense of safety. Um, So shutting all of those pieces down um, you know, just, it, it didn't occur to me like, right. Like that, that's what was happening. So back to what you were saying, Sarah Wolf, like the, the level of consciousness, like we're just working with what we're working with in the moment that it's like, what's the best treat on the table? Boom here. It's this for now. So I get really good at that. I develop that. I practice that. Well, where does that lead? I mean, it's a powerful commitment to want to shut down the human experience, you know, and I really, was committed at a 
deep and high level. So when you ask, right, where are you 15 years ago? If I go back 15 years, where I am in this moment is I'm fresh out of rehab. I'm homeless. I'm literally staying in a trailer in the West Valley on Tampa and Sherman Way that some guy in detox had and said, hey, you could go sleep there since you have nowhere to live. And it's halfway burned down, right? So I'm like, no water, no power. I mean, that that's the reality of what I could hold and had capacity for in my life. Like I could get myself to the bus stop, right? I could like get myself to Wendy's to eat a whatever the heck salad I was eating from there, <laughs> like go to my survey job. You know, it's like the, the capacity level, right, was just so incredibly minimal. And so when you cut to 15 years and it's like, whoa, holy moly, all the things that are being tracked inside of myself and inside of my world, the ways in which I'm creating and holding and Right. It's like, oh, my God, this is so incredible what can happen. And the humility of <laughs> I sat with um, the grandmother just a few days ago on 8 8. And, you know, she just said, oh, my love, that's so cute that you think you've figured something out. That's so mm. sweet. Right. And then just in the most loving way, just checked me so hard. Right. Like. She said, let me just give you a glimpse of really what I am, because it's sweet that you pray to me and you mm -hmm. honor me and you talk about that I'm the womb of all life. And, you know, that's so cute. I'm billions of years old. Mm -hmm. My capacity is that I can hold eight billion humans. I can hold all the waters. I can hold all the jungles and the deserts and the forests and the animal kingdom and the plant kingdoms. I can hold that much. I can hold the volcanoes. Like, and mm. I just was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Like what you are, talk about the ever evolving capacity to expand consciousness. Like mm. the earth in that realm and she goes, honey, there's days where you could, you know, barely do your dishes. I know you have kids and I know you're running a business and I know you got all the rich blah, 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 things. Look what I'm holding. Mm -hmm. I am a master of consciousness. Mm. Wow. And you came to learn from me, right? So just keep humbling yourself mm. as a student and learn. Just like, mm. I, I, that's why you came. <laughs> but I was really just going, wow seriously <laughs> seriously mm -hmm. i've got shivers when you said that because i was thinking about however many years each of us has been on the planet and like however many of those years we weren't really conscious to any of the stuff that we're talking about right now and so how many years have we really been practicing it but also that the energy is speeding up now i'm finding too so it's it's a lot like you, the answers come for me pretty quickly but also it's a lot to hold more quickly as well at least in my experience so but yeah that really that really resonates a lot hearing you share that and just the gentle nature of like being checked the gentle oh, loving yeah. Heart. yeah 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 she 
when I was in my QHHT session, quantum healing hypnosis therapy, uh, founded by Dolores Cannon, you can learn about that in other episodes. Um, she came to me and really showed me in that session of how the same thing is like, you know, if you just go and like pray to me next to a tree, you're not understanding me and you need to pull yourself out of the earth and look at me as a whole human being looking at me as a whole of a species of a, of an actual living, breathing being. And that's how you can honor me is looking me at the whole, not just, you know, sitting next to a tree or putting your hands on the ground. She's like, you're not getting my concept. You're not getting who I really am. And she's like, when the ocean moves, that's part of me breathing. You know what I mean? That's my stomach moving up and down when the air, that's my breath. Right. She, and then she was explaining like, all the little critters in the ground. That's like, you know, if you look at your own cells and what's happening in your own body, they're moving her blood, her essence, her, you know? And so like, I was just like, same thing, like, whoa, this is a lot bigger than I've ever like really sat and, and, and thought about, right? Yeah. Like it is, it just registers in a different way, right? Because mm-hmm. I walk with a lot of reverence and also was really missing a piece that <laughs> when it came in that way it was like oh my god right mm-hmm. you are like you've turned yourself into a planet that is right. holding all of this holy shit yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. wow <laughs> yeah 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 and she's, you know, I mean, this is this is a place where, in particular, the medicine of the grandmother has um, just reminded me of her capacity. And also, it's like all the incongruency she's holding, right? Like the pain, the joy, like she, all of that energetically is being held in her container. Mm-hmm. And she can't, she's that big. And I remember the last ceremony I sat in, there was just this moment where it was like so beautiful. I'm like dancing. I'm in the, you know, like I'm just feeling like, oh, like I'm like really nailing this journey, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's happened a couple of times. And then I like have the second pour and I go and she's like, okay, time to lay down. And I'm like, wait, wait, like I'm doing so good, you know? And as I'm going in, the first question that comes, right? Cause we had people with the kids and all these things, but it's just this question of, are the children gonna be safe? Like if I just like go in and I'm not able to control or manage or get to or tend to, like, is is it really safe? And she just said, all right, like, here we go again. Because mm. this is a place over and over again, she invites me into and she said, I'll mm. just rewind you. Those children are my children, not yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you trust me? You say you trust me. Do you trust me? Right. And it's that part where it's like, there are parts of me that deeply trust. And then there are still parts that are not fully on board with that yet. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just experience her in this way, continuously getting into those deepest corners and crevices of those places that are still just so full of terror and distrust and whatever is being held, whether it's a soul imprint, right, of thousands and thousands of years, whether it's the collective imprint of also just so many things that have happened here, the combination of all of it. I can just feel it's like, right, that work still Mm. not yet complete Mm -hmm. and feeling the place where it's like, oh, God, how would I live if I believed all the children were safe, Mm -hmm. including us? Like Mm -hmm. if I really in all parts of me, just that was the truth of the truth of the truth. Mm -hmm. How would I live moment to moment to moment? so and it's funny yeah because like I I really keep going back to this place of just like you know of the release of like okay like when if we die we transform and we're just coming back if we really want you know and just like the the fluidity of all of it and the divine plan the divine plan the divine plan the divine plan like it's all good the divine plan like and just really trying (laughs) to surrender to all of it and then I'll like I work at a restaurant again right now. So then I like go to work. And then like last week I made like $60 and then I'm just spun the fuck out again. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like straight back and like no divine plan. This uh, isn't going to be shit. I don't trust any of this. <laughs> so do Why I- the fuck am I at this fucking place? Like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> And it's not even like that, oh, fuck the divine plan, because it's not that deep, but it's just like, what? It's like, just kind of like a weird, like, head to, like, and then I, like, come back in, like, no, it just fucking chill out. Like, can you trust? Yeah. Even if you made $60, can you trust? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm just going to allow that I don't know to be the I don't know, and maybe not in this moment. Right. Maybe tomorrow like I'll, I, I guess I'll find the full trust when it fully lands and that aha moment happens but clearly I'm not there and I'm not going to beat myself up over it we're just right here and that's all I can do right now yeah and that is the practice right like this is honestly how I got through this really excruciating time which like thank god for Amma for just reminding me like just come back to this moment just moment by moment by moment was the only way through it was the only way for me to keep going. And, and then the trust, like even now still, right. There's a lot of pieces to that, that, that haven't been resolved. I don't know if it's ever going to be, or if it's going to look the way I want it to look. There's some other places in my life that really are, I've been turning it over and turning it over and turning it back to God and just all of it. And it's, and I'm like, and nothing's happening. Like, and it's been a while. So when yes. let, I do that all the time, I'm like, okay, we're, I don't and, know. and, and that it's, it's just like a di- bringing it back to the, the moment and the day and like, okay, for today, I really don't know. And then trusting again, the divine orchestration, like maybe there's something happening that I can't see because there is right. And things, things are being orchestrated. Many things. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's really challenging and then to be able to hold like 
things that are flowing beautifully and joy and peace and love in my life. And then be able to also hold like the grief and the sadness associated with these other pieces and that they can both exist at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm. <laughs> That's right. And you know, there's this saying, right? Like you can't be in fear and faith at the same time. I, I don't, I, I used to say that and I actually don't uh, even think that that's true. I think that we can be afraid and also be holding faith at the same time. Now, we might be more drastically in one experience or the other, right? Like I might be way in faith and like tiny bit of fear. I might be really in fear and sort of grasping for faith. And sometimes I might just be in a moment where like I'm a human being experiencing a level of fear around something. And I'm also through my actions showing up in faith because I am holding the reality of looking and going, you know what? There's been a lot of moments so far on this journey where this thing that felt so impossible and so like, there is absolutely no way that this is going to be okay or be different. Mm -hmm. And here I am and like, holy shit, that thing is so different. And that thing actually is not only okay, but was such a vital, important piece of it all. And was such a gift, yeah. you know, in the beginning, I think when we're sort of putting one step on this new journey, we don't have those reference points, right? So it's like, it actually requires Mm -hmm. sort of more blind faith, you know, and then at some point there's some traction and there's some bricks in the foundation through our experience that we can go, you know what? No, I can pull that as a reference point. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I still am not going to feel maybe afraid in some moments, yeah. right? It doesn't mean that things aren't going to be painful. And can I still right show up through that process? Mm -hmm. And again, the willingness to meet all of these parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I think the faith really is, is like, if you're still here and you haven't gotten your ticket off the island and whatever form or fashion you want that to be, and you're still waking up and showing back up, <laughs> that is the faith, right? Yeah. So it, it is like, unless you check out fully, you are walking in faith despite the fear. Yeah. But yes. that, that reference point thing is really real. <laughs> like if we don't have a reference point, right. We just yeah. think it's just well, the experiences we've had so far are the only reference points we have. So that's what we compare it to. And a question that Amma had asked me in one of my sessions where I was like, can it be possible? Is it, is it a possibility that I could meet someone knowing my patterns like that I'm attracted to that is also a really healthy person and could create a healthy relationship I have zero reference point for that and what you had asked me was can you just or invited me into the, just the possibility that maybe there was something that I haven't experienced yet that was possible and literally that it was honestly like an instant almost an instant unfolding just the suggestion of the possibility mm -hmm. right and so I just for all of us, just to maybe just have a tiny little opening of a possibility, right? That can be enough to shift the energy. And even if it's not, like I go back to days when I had no concept of any of this and still seeing how it did work itself out or it was orchestrated in such a way, even though I had no idea. So then I'm like, oh, what could be possible now that I have an idea of this? And I can direct my consciousness in that way a, a small percentage of the time even, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's right. And, you know, the mind will do interesting things, right? Even around this place of reference point. Because it will even take something and go, well, I don't have a reference point for this. So, like, I don't know. And so even using, like, a hack in that system around, yes, however, I have a reference point for something that felt impossible that became possible. That's it. That's the piece to hold. Because, of course, there's going to be new things that become possible if um, if we didn't have a reference point, and then we're just creating that opening for a possibility of that thing to become a part of our experience. You know, I say this to myself and anyone who will listen, but it's like, look, if you don't have a reference point for something and it's a dream or desire of your heart, become the reference point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In co-creation and collaboration with the magnitude of the universe with God, with the power of this incredible mother that we are literally all birthed from, you know, not in our own, just cutting off from these sources place, but in that cooperation, um, we really do get to actually become the reference point for those things, even if we never saw it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful having the courage to to go after the visions you know and creating those visions into reality or those dreams or those i mean one of my friends told me once he's like you know the apartment building i live in right now and he was using this as a reference he's like you didn't know before you moved there that this existed and the people existed right and then here now it's your it's your your world right now so it's like I couldn't have thought this place when I was living back in Minnesota before I came out to LA to find a place to live again out here. I I didn't have this as a reference point. I just came here, drove around and I'm like, oh, vibrationally, I feel a match to this and then put an application, Mm -hmm. got it. And then this became my reality, right? So I think it is just jumping on that journey of like, I see a vision or I'm being called in a direction. And then, yeah, it's just like having that blind faith. And then when it lands, it's, your, it's, it is, we just have to keep going into that blind faith to getting to where mm-hmm. we want to go, especially now, because we're just, even as a collective, we're going into a higher consciousness that as far as we know, we don't know, but as far as we know, humanity hasn't gone to before so we are pioneers into a higher level of consciousness on this planet Mm -hmm. so in a in a a macro scale we have no reference point and then we have to learn to (laughs) you know navigate on the micro scale of the no reference points yeah yeah and 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 just really truly practicing embodying what we seek within ourselves rather than going out and trying to get it in the world somewhere is the most powerful way to magnetize in whatever you're desiring, right? Like just showing up and being loving, for example, or, you know, being a safe space for someone, like whatever it is that you're seeking, can you go out in the world and just embody and be that? Sounds easy peasy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sign just me up. It. Yeah. Just yeah. Be it and magnetize it towards you and create your visions. You know, it's like yeah. it's so fun and it is fun and it's really the game that we came to play. 
And again, we're talking about a very multifaceted, multi-layered, complex experience where I would assume that every generation coming in, right, believes that they're pioneering the new consciousness because on, on a very real level, that is actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now, are things picking up and moving quickly? For sure. I'm imagining my kids are going to think that the way that we moved was like the pace of a snail, right? That's just what's inevitably coming. And then their kids are going to be like, whoa, you guys like <laughs> really didn't know what you were doing around here. It's just what, what happens. Um, and there's pieces and components about, you know, just all of these <laughs> like law of attraction, right? Or creating our visions, um, uh, magnetizing what we want, becoming what we want to experience on the outside. And there's truth in all of these things. And there's also this interesting thing that we can do in our human experience where we can take these pieces and then almost use them or turn them into weapons against ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Depending on what the system is that we're working with. Like, yeah. I've just seen this a lot. I've done it myself. Oh my God, I'm not like manifesting this thing. Like I'm doing it wrong. You know, like this addiction to shame, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times we'll take things that in their essence have a lot of universal truth and law and are really incredibly beautiful. And yet it will get into this field of distortion because mm-hmm. in the human place, we're really working out a lot of those places that are essentially covering up the profound well of grief that we are all carrying that um, has yet to really fully been felt. So on top of the grief, we have terror, we have anxiety, we have shame, we have addictions, we have all of these other things that we're doing that are incredibly distracting and also really distorted. So it's an interesting thing to start pulling in some of these ideas, concepts, and practices when those things are still um, infiltrating the system, if you will, right? So it's this very, again, complex piece where Sarah Wolf, when you were speaking to like the listening, right? Listening to the call, like, yes, so awesome when we get that like, boom, you know, and we can listen or not listen. You know, there's a, there's a faith and a trust in that of just like making the leap. And some of them are loud and some of them are just super radical. And some of them will just change the trajectory of your whole life in such an interesting way. And again, this like slowing it all down, growing our capacity, growing that internal space, tending to the places where we might experience something through that lens or place of distortion, right? Tending to like all those layers to keep working our way into that medicine of grief, which cleanses literally the instrument where now we start attuning ourselves to be able to actually listen to something that's not so loud and jarring, but the tiny whispers, right? That little place of um, the deepest knowing that can happen on such a moment to moment to moment basis. Now, this journey is ongoing for me. I can just see as like being so checked by the grandmother, like, oh, you think you listen? Oh yeah, that's so cute. (laughs) All right. Like you listen as much as you can listen to how much you're holding. 
-hmm. But as we really continue that place, um, you know, I've just seen the capacity just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Where I have learned to listen to myself. I've learned to pay more attention. <laughs> so I, I, I'm getting schooled here again of just like, wow, you can really grow a lot here still, little baby. So the humility of that. But there really is um, this place where Jess, even you're like, you know, what do I want to attract out here? Well, then who would I have to become, right? And really more than become, what would I need to be willing to tend to, mm. to dissolve, disintegrate, right? Like offer as compost back in for more life to be created these places that have clouded like the whole entire thing right so it was just in the beginning 15 years ago on the trailer right burned down and like walk into the bus there was like not a lot of space for anything to get in and I actually really didn't know what the hell was going on with me at all in any given moment and certainly wasn't in my body mm -hmm. Yeah. And through life and the experiences specifically just in the work that you do in the world and the work that I do in the world where there's this idea of being in conscious partnership with life in this idea of being able to utilize all of the moments that life is presenting, the relationships that life is presenting, and to be able to see the reflection in that mirror of us back to us and to be able to literally digest this medicine so deeply into our being that it purifies and purges out and clears and cleanses so that those distortions and those things that we are so clouded by and um, burdened by, right, really get to <laughs> like do that. And now there's more space. So now the capacity is bigger. The listening is deeper. Um, the subtleties are just more, there's more attunement to that. It's, it's incredible. This place is just incredible. I'm in so much awe of what it is to be here and be a student. Really? I love yeah. that description and perspective change that you gave about like of what she said about like who do I have to become do whatever and I think there's so much information out there especially in the world like if you're going to be a independent business owner right entrepreneur in the world of like let's say the Tony Robbins and the da 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 da, -da and the books that are out surrounding that right network marketing the whole thing right if you want to work for yourself of like who do I need to become who do I need to become and with that was such a beautiful point of a perspective change of like, what do I need to, what are these, they, I, I feel like they don't talk about that. They're just like, go, you know, they don't talk about that, mm -hmm. that, that unconscious, subconscious, wherever you want to put it, these things that do you need to let go of and mulch and, 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 and finally release from your experience, right. And heal and tend to, to be able to mm -hmm. come. It's not once again, an exterior out here thing that you need to wear a suit jacket and show up in the, you know, that I own this room, right? Like <laughs> that's not going to still get you where you want to go. And that's kind of where this podcast was birthed a long time ago was, you know, back if we're talking about still manifesting too, like back in the day, I'd read all the like law of attraction books and manifesting books. And I was like, why isn't it working? 
I'm doing everything that this book says. And then my aha moment was like, you're not, it, you're, it's still not going to happen or you can hold it for a minute, but you might lose it because the bigger thing is the unconscious subconscious is these other deeper layers. So they, these books don't talk about Mm -hmm. that. So I feel like in just that aspect too, if you're wanting to become this person or who do I need to be to have this life over there, they're focusing so much once again on this one part and missing this whole other part. So I love that you spoke to that and brought that up because all of that work is so key to get on, on so many avenues of where you're trying to go. Like you were saying in conscious relationship, if you want to have a business, if you just want to manifest a thousand dollars next week, right? Like, or you just want to be a better you in the world. So I, I, that's really beautiful too. I think that's just a lot of gold right there. Me too. Mm. Yeah. And the two, the, like the, because the idea that relationships are mirrors, right? I, I see. And for myself, I used to think like, oh, it's a direct mirror. Like what's happening there means there's something within me, but it's actually the nuance of the, what is being reflected back to me about me in this dynamic with this person, not necessarily like a direct, like they're doing this. So that means I must be doing this. It's actually, again, like nuanced. Um, and it, it can be really frustrating because when you don't have all the layers and doing whatever you want to call it, like the deeper shadow work or the deeper healing, it can be hard to have this information of like, oh, I just have to show up in this way. And then you have every intention. Like I know for me, I've had every intention of showing up differently in certain situations. And I show up and I'm like, then I'm devastated because I'm not able to show up in the way that I wanted to show up. And then the the shame spiral starts because of that or the guilt or the like, why couldn't I just be this way in this dynamic with this person? And then I couldn't, you know, because of the deeper layers that still need to be tended to. And the way to heal that is not to go out there and try to fix it with this person, but to tend to those layers within ourselves. Right. I used to have that with my mom. I would be like driving to her house, you know, and like in Arizona and I'd be like, okay, this time I'm not going to be a bitch. And this time I'm not going to be short. And I'll be a good daughter and it will be joyful. And then I pull up and I'm tired. And like, there's one thing that just like, and then it's like, and I'm like, stop. We said, we're not going to do that. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about especially these relationships that are like years and years long or family or whatever. It's like the dynamics at play and like the complexities of each human and the past traumas of each human. It's like, uh, are we, are you, who's like, how do we even do this? You know, sometimes. So humbling. It's all fun and games till somebody's nervous system gets activated. (laughs) (laughs) then you're off to the races i love how almond santos they say like and then you're off to the races and like a trigger nato like you ping pong off of each other and then there you go right and it's like try and i find myself even though i know it's not really possible trying to access my rational mind in that moment i'm like and i can't because i'm so activated so yeah, it's a whole other ball game in practice. Like it's really easy. And I know that that was some of the criticism around the secret, right? It was like, yeah, the, these are universal law to a certain extent and things that can work, but there's pieces that it misses. And these are yeah. the pieces. 
Yeah. And this is what you were really bringing in, Sarah Wolf, when you were talking about, you know, some of these amazing things, which there's the thing is there's gold in everything, right? It's like there really is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes other pieces that are really vital get missed or looked over. And so when you take a lot of these laws or practices or things in action, right, but but the system hasn't been recalibrated. It's like trying to use a computer that's like has a virus installed, right? It's like, it's not about how great the software is. It's not about the newest model. It's like, oh shit, we got to sort of clean this out a little bit if this is going to be in working order and be able to actually even really understand what these laws are um, demonstrating. Because I know a lot of those things that I went to and, and listen, the other pieces, I actually really trust. It's so perfect. I'm so grateful I went to all these places. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful I went to every spot I went to learn whatever I learned and then saw, oh my gosh, this actually is not really in the highest service to me anymore. So now I'm going to listen and go where I'm being called to next. And I'm going to really trust that. So there were a lot of these like self-development, like personal development, like, you know, all that raw, raw, raw. And, it was amazing. It was an amazing time in my life. I learned a lot about leadership, read a lot of really good books about business. I mean, there was just so much that was so great about it all. Now, the only thing that was a little funky about it or a lot funky is that the system retaining all this information and taking action was based on a lot of trauma, a lot of belief that in order to feel a sense of value in the world, I had to be able to produce a certain amount of worth and accomplishment. This was a strategy to then override the tremendous amount of shame that was trapped and stored in my body, mm. right? And then the shame is to cover up the tremendous amount of grief that is literally in there that never had an opportunity to be felt. Mm-hmm. So all of that is coming with me, right? To all the sem- seminars, <laughs> I'm taking my notes. And I'm, like, I'm doing it, you know, because if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. In your suit jacket, right? You're wearing a suit jacket. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, I had my suit, I had my heels. I mean, I was rocking it on the you know stage with the mic. And listen, amazing. I look at that version of myself. I go, go you, right? Uh-huh. I was also kind of still out of my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's also true. So what I didn't have any awareness around at all was my nervous system. Like, I don't even know that I actually heard anybody in my life at that point say those words, right? Like, it just wasn't even a part of the conversation around me, within me, didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm using my mind to get all these things and do all the, and I'm, I'm really going to go get them here. And here's the nervous system, right? That is like literally in a constant state of a trauma response mm-hmm. basically all the time maybe even when i'm sleeping i don't know or maybe that was a moment that it got to rest but i mean just the overuse and then the burnout of that mm-hmm. and i just didn't know and so that component of actually starting to tend to our bodies this is a really important piece of the deeper integration around this and and i i 
have seen it get missed in a lot of places, you know, not only the business leadership, but even in spiritual community, you know, it's like, we're going to ascend and like, great, amazing. Yes. Um, oh, somebody's calling me. We're going to, you know, ascend and we, and we are evolving like that, that is happening. Mm-hmm. We're also in a body. We're also connected to what that body is connected to. Right, which is actually pretty freaking amazing. Talk about like expansion. So tending to that has been such a vital piece. And there's just been so much in there. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, no wonder why I left you for so long. Thanks for holding it down here, right? Like, thanks for you know, keep on keeping on breathing and like the heartbeat that kept going till I could find myself in a place in life or I could receive whatever the support is that I would need to really learn how to spend more time in my body. Mm-hmm. And as things come up and as I hit my edges and I hit those places of discomfort because something's unearthing, right? And coming up again with this capacity, how do I keep growing my capacity to just keep meeting deeper and deeper and deeper places, um, which ironically, has allowed me to rise higher and higher and higher and higher right right yeah and for me like those the books and the seminars and all that stuff like that was like what I could take in at the time and understand and digest at the time and I think I needed that in order to then have the deeper layers come in and me you know so it's all it is really all unfolding in the right timing and all of that And those are, I feel like also, it's like, even if you couldn't fully, like, you know, when you had that time to learn on that level, and then you go over here and learn this, and you go over here and learn this. And then later, it's kind of all the puzzle pieces start like working together and coming together for the next part of the show, right? So there is a time and a place for everything, but you can look back and be like, oh yeah, that I can see. Cause I, I'm a big, I beat myself up throughout my life of not Mm -hmm. having more success than I thought I should at any given moment. And so when I would do these big things or try super hard at something and it wasn't going anywhere that I was just failing at it, you know, so I can look back at those things and be like, no, that wasn't a failing. It was like, you were supposed to learn that information at that time. And then you're supposed to go over here and over here and over here. You weren't ready or you didn't have that missing piece yet for that to shoot out, but you got the information. So put it in your backpack and move to the next bit, the next bit, the next bit. And then when it's ready to, it can all, you know, it's like, you're going to school over here and over here and over here and over here. Just once again, not one exactly. linear school, right? Yes. Earth school, hashtag wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> How are you on time? We we just went over our hour mark and I just want to honor everyone for what they have to do for their day. Yeah, I'm okay. I could, I was, I know Jess, you said sometimes it's an hour to two hours. I was feeling like 90 minutes would be my like, time where beyond that would feel a little bit too much of a stretch yeah so if we're at an hour like I'm happy to stay on I'm happy to wrap it up whatever you guys are feeling this is this is so fun I'm good I just wanted to make sure that we're all everyone's happy on on time so that's always a big thing yeah Yeah. thank you so much for that yeah it's a place where I'm really learning how to be in right relation right it's like around time and resource because this one for whatever reason has just felt the most challenging 
Oh, I'm, I don't know. I'm too. Yeah. I'm being challenged with it because my life has gotten so busy. Like every little moment's accounted for. And I am doing a lot of different things and I'm not being called to let any of them go. I'm being called to manage and to really like structure more. And it's my like structure teaching. Cause I've always been like, so yeah. I don't feel like it. I don't know when it just, you know, and the only thing I would structure would be to go to an actual job. That's the only place they've ever had me and everything else has been fluid. And it's like, no, if you, if you say you want the things you want, we need, mm. we need to like, you know, and you can do it all. That doesn't mean you have to let go of things. We just need to rein it in like just, and not, annoying not annoyingly or you know what I mean like we just need to like like put the honor and the presence so when you're doing that you're fully committed and then when you're doing that you're fully committed and structuring the proper moments for that so nothing gets then Maley doesn't get you know left behind or this doesn't get left behind or that doesn't get tended to and really owning those spaces that like now it's the housework the house needs tending to now it's Maley needs tending to now it's my social self needs tending to, you know, or, and then I'm going to do X, Y, Z that I really enjoy and having just coming along and, and wanting to take a bigger role in this podcast, because I was on the fence of just letting it go. I was like, I'm, I'm not feeling it this year. This is the fourth season. Like, I don't want to fully let it go, but I'm just like, it's not, I'm just not inspired as I once was. And I have other things that are kind of like taking the the forefront in my life and then she just pops in and she's like no but I really want to you know be a part of this and I was like okay and it's just this energy and, and revival to it that it was like starting mm -hmm. to slip and then spirit's like nope we're not slipping and you get a partner to help you hold uh, the container so that's one thing that's not energetically all in me which oh yeah and she shows up every week and it's absolutely gorgeous she's so committed and it's, it's really shifting something in me, showing me that people can show up and be committed to something and that I don't have to do it all alone. And it, mm. I, I'm at the stage in my life because the past two years, and I've talked about this a lot, um, I talk about my solitary confinement phase. I was literally alone in this apartment with no money, no job, doing my healings here and there, barely getting by, can't even eat some days, you know, the neighbors are feeding me. And it was very on purpose. I can see it now, even in the depths of the depths of how hard it was. Um, I had to have all these distractions taken away so I could go to those places, you know, and really tend to, and like, I was forced to slow the fuck down. Like I never have before. I couldn't run. And like, I think you guys have heard me during that time. I'm like, I don't want to move. Cause I have things that are too bulky. I can't even, I couldn't even deal with moving. Mm -hmm. And like just the, I don't remember where I was going with this now, but just really slowing down to the deepest restructuring in me to then come out and start really building the life that I've always envisioned and allowing and having space for people to come in and join in that and, and to be able to expand these things that I started. It's been really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. And I just love this so much. And I was hoping because I, I would, I wanted to have a podcast and it felt very overwhelming to try to do that on my own as well and figure out all the tech, all the things and all the everything. And so it was just such a perfect flow for something that like was something that I would have loved to do, but it just felt overwhelming. And then Sarah already had this platform. So, so perfect. And it was funny because earlier today, um, 
one of my friends was checking in with me and she's like, I know you're recording today. And I, I know that's probably a lot. And I'm like, no, this is like the easiest. <laughs> this is the best day <laughs> for me. Like, this is not anything that creates any sort of any kind of, it's just flow and it's amazing and it's fun and mm -hmm. super grateful. Wow. You know, there's something really beautiful that's like woven into what you're both sharing in this moment, which is that sometimes in our willingness to let something go, what we actually are being asked is to let go of the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the thing itself. Mm. So whether it's the podcast or a marriage, right? Like I've just seen this so many times where the fear of letting something go because we relate to it like, oh my God, I have to let like the whole thing go. You know, so we might grasp and like, holds or try to like keep managing it right from this place of fear but in fact that moment of surrender of, of really the listening like mm -hmm. this actually in this moment is not the place where I'm experiencing connection and inspiration right and I may want to be moving my attention and my energy elsewhere and just like the willingness the split second of willingness to potentially mm -hmm. let go of something or someone, wherever we, whatever we're talking about, there's all of a sudden space, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? For it to maybe, maybe it's going, or maybe the way that it was existing is actually going. And now there's going to be this thing that's still alive. It's just going to be a new, you know, iteration or expression or evolution of the thing that is so awesome, but mm -hmm. we wouldn't have even had the opportunity to know that if we clung so tightly to the thing itself, even when we were being asked to potentially let it go out of fear. Mm -hmm. Oof, so true. So, so true. Yeah. yeah. And, and following the flow too, because there were some other pieces where I, a, a friend of mine wanted to potentially do retreats with me. And I was like, okay, like, let's have a conversation about that. And it didn't really flow. And then this has just been complete flow from the very, so I'm like, let me follow that versus trying to push against life and make it fit into this, whatever box or how I think it should look. What if I just follow the flow and I don't have to try to figure it out and control every little thing like mm -hmm. imagine yeah really giving oh, space for everything everything to evolve the way it wants to evolve and shift and change mm -hmm. right because everything they mm -hmm. say you know if you drop a crystal and it cracks right and you're like oh my gosh I broke my crystal like that the crystal actually wanted to reform it wanted to yes. shift and change even though yes. you might have been the hand that actually assisted the transformation so yeah it's like really coming back to the center of that like just being able to detach enough to look at and honor the thing that wants to transform and wants to shift and change yeah yes yeah what and a then, dance totally and then in that tending to the places within us that maybe wants it to stay the same and then there's grief that comes up or anger or sadness right because again easy to say yeah real easy to say <laughs> and then it's like you know the person you've been married to for years or like a child that you want to be in contact with or something that you don't that's very close to your heart and it's like okay and then what comes up for me in that versus trying to control or manage or fix or whatever yep yeah, 
because these are really interesting things we do as human beings when we don't know how to grieve. Right. And in right. all fairness to us, like it's not really the thing people were doing, right? We weren't in school learning how to grieve. We were in school learning math and how to write our letters. And we learned maybe some science and how to raise our hand and wait till a certain time to go to the bathroom and to sit down for six hours at a time, even though it's completely out of the nature of what children are designed to do. So we learned a lot of things, yeah. Um, some of them helpful and some of them not. And what we did not learn is how to tend to the nuances of our very human experience, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. this very vital piece of how to be somebody who can walk around with a sense of trust in life, with a sense of trust in myself to know how to show up for myself and moment to moment, whatever life is presenting, um, my capacity to be able to give myself the care and tenderness that I would need in my human experience that would create and cultivate a sense of empathy and compassion. And I don't mean empathy as in hypervigilance and the, the thing that we do when we grow up in trauma, we just know how to be sensitive to everybody's experience. I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about real empathy. Uh, the capacity to have boundaries, right, for myself, knowing my own limitations and how to listen and then how to engage with others in appropriate ways. Like, none of that shit. I don't know if you guys learned it. I didn't, you know. Nope. Definitely so not. So that's why we turn to, like, the bottle and to the drugs and to the whatever, because we're just like, I can't deal with any of this. Thousand percent. Yeah. How to raise my right. hand and two plus two equals four. Yay! <laughs> so it's interesting, but it, it points to uh, an imbalance, right? So what's so gorgeous is both of you are speaking to things that are so vital when they are working together, which is going back to this idea of, you know, we can call it conscious partnership. We can say relationship alchemy. The the North Star of any of that work is going to be the devotion to sacred union. Okay, sacred union is very popular and trendy. And so there's an idea of what that means. When I'm speaking about that, I'm really talking about the capacity to dance with the energies of both the what we would call feminine and masculine right within ourselves and know how to create that balance over and over and over again. And there's a time and there's a place for each one of those. And they are both so incredibly valuable and so important to create an ecosystem that thrives and is abundant. And so when we have an out of balance experience, right, there's a lot of disharmony and chaos and dis-ease and discomfort and insanity all over the place. And we have a lot of that in our culture. So you're talking about like, this is a time in my life where I'm really being asked to like ground into structure, right? And containment and be able to have focus and be able to take action. So all of those components are connected to masculine energy. Mm -hmm. You're speaking to just like going with the flow and like the fluidity of life and right attunement and like the listening of all of that. That's very feminine in nature. So we have all of this inside of ourselves. And if I'm just like only in this rigidity, which is what we were trained in and the system that we grow up in is to just be all in this one experience of like working in the way of this very masculine driven sort of way of relating to everything. 
So that is not going to work, right? It creates a lot of control and rigidity and like, I'm grasping for things and like, there's a way and I'm gonna figure it out. And I'm now like trapped in this analytical prison where all I really am in relationship with is my mind. And there's no integration of my heart, my mind, my body, like none of these things are actually working together. So that creates one version of something, which we have a lot of people receive physical illness and mental illness, right? There's, there's a huge impact of having this kind of structure in place. Now, the other side is equally true. If it is just none of that and all of this, that's fucking chaos. Like, it's just total chaos. Now, is there order in it? Sure, but you know what's gonna bring the order back in is the balancing of the two mm -hmm. one more time. So the earth is using all of these energies, right? She's so masterful at it. She knows how to dance with all these things. And we have an opportunity over and over again to dance with these things too, where we get to learn how to use both within ourself, how to create sacred union within ourself. Now, part of that process is the purging and clearing and alchemizing of all of the things that we're holding onto that wouldn't really even know how to do that. But then once we start clearing some of that out, we can really start dancing with these two energies in a way that is just so incredibly harmonious and so powerful for a different way of creating and living. Um, yeah, so thank you for bringing those pieces up. Yeah. Such, I mean, that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to. I mean, they, they say that even in the Bible, they're actually not even talking about a husband and a wife. They're actually talking about the internal masculine and mm. feminine. And then people took that context and switched it and then made it external. And then that's where like a lot of things became just completely whacked out as well. That's yeah. so much of the Bible references, like all within the human body and how it works, even like mm -hmm. Christ rising and the chrism and the different mm -hmm. fluids and the, you know, like the whole story is just actual times of year, the, the cycle within the own self. And that's what we're here is to remember coming back to, right? Mm -hmm. We get to practice every day. <laughs> every day, every sometimes day. moment to moment, sometimes yeah. breath by breath. Yeah. 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 Matt Kahn talks about that. I don't know if you know Matt Kahn's work, but he talks about like, you know, the spirit. And then it's like, he's like, what, what's my human body doing? Cause you guys have talked about like that a lot of like remembering that you're in a human body, having the human body experience and that what is my, my body's going to tell me what's like my spirits over here, you know what I mean? Observing, but my body's the one actually going through the things so yeah if you're if you're overriding your nervous system and overriding your body's trying to tell you like hey hey guys remember this is my experience you chose to be a spirit in a human body like you're not paying attention to who i am and what i need in all yeah. of this and then that's a whole other everything gets you know whacked out and out of balance and we're not listening when the guidance is really guiding. Cause I mean, you can feel it in your stomach, your heart, your chest, like it tells you with everything, if it becomes tightened, weird, fluttery, you know, it's, there's an internal guidance system that is physical. It's very physical. It's very real. And then if you're not honoring that and you're overriding it, that's where then you build up more trauma or this or that. Cause then you're compounding on top of 
you know, just a little, a little flutter. That's like, Hey, yeah. yeah. If you don't listen yeah. to the little flutter, then it gets louder and louder and louder. Like I, for the longest time, I know I've known that I need to work on my breathing because I've spent just so much of my life in fight or flight that my breathing stops, like, you know, just really in the upper part of my chest and hasn't really been able to flow deeply into my diaphragm a lot of times. So anyway, for years and years, like it's been suggested breath work and read this book, breathe and do this and do that. And like, I'm just like, okay, cool. That really is not something that like, it's annoying to me. <laughs> it feels annoying, but now my, my physical body is creating like pain in my back because I'm like kind of curved forward because I'm not fully expanding when I'm breathing. So it is getting louder. And it's just interesting because I've known that too, that I need to use a lacrosse ball to roll out my back and shoulder. And I just don't take the time to do it. And now it's getting louder and louder. So in real time. Life is so generous that way. Yeah. <laughs> It'll really let you know if you can't hear the first few times, it's just a little louder and a little louder. It really will in service to us. And um, Sarah, I really loved what you were describing in this place where it's like when there's a constant habitual practice to overriding the nervous system and overriding the wisdom of the body, that that does compound over time. And that there's a lot of interest that gets tagged onto that bill, so to say, because all that compounded what becomes really confusing at a certain point is how to differentiate the true from the false. Because when I have all of that pain compounded, right now I'm living most likely in just a complete experience of distortion or mm -hmm. not being able to know what's distort what's distortion or what's not distortion. So I walk into a room and something happens and because all of this pain and all the protection around it, I immediately go into a narrative about what's going on here, right? And I'm assessing the situation. And now again, I'm in this analysis and my nervous system might get activated, but I might've actually completely misunderstood what was going on here. And it may be 100% a pure projection of the pain that I am still holding. So how the fuck do we know the difference between the two? This is really confusing and tricky, yeah. right? Like, how do I know? Because mm -hmm. it all feels the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the story I'm telling myself about this shit and the projection I'm in feels the same in my body as when I'm in the real thing. <laughs> so mm -hmm. what's going on here, right? And this is this is the part where it's like, I just will look back 15 years, okay? And I'm getting sober and every moment of my life, I'm in a trauma response. Like there's not one moment that I'm navigating the world where I'm not in projection based on the pain that I just came out of, period. Mm -hmm. I was not seeing anything probably as it was actually unfolding, maybe moments and glimpses and glimmers of like truth and then back to distortion, right? It was like yeah. a moment of reprieve of some kind of sanity and then back into just all of that muck. So I didn't also know that regardless of whether or not what I was experiencing was projection or reality, that I could still utilize the moment 
to slow down and understand what the experience was. I just literally had no bandwidth for this or capacity. So most of these earlier years were just like triggered responses between pretty much all interactions I was having all over the place. You know, and then I'm like reading the books and I'm getting the things in my mind and I'm starting to get new information and right. But then at a certain point, that's that most vital piece of being able to start getting the medicine in the body, start actually, again, tending to the instrument, because at some point, if I really choose to use these experiences projection or not, as the capacity to meet that pain that it's touching, there will be a moment that, that comes where it's like, oh, no, I'm clear now. Mm. What is my projection? And what is actually me registering in my body? What so doesn't feel okay about what's unfolding right now? Mm -hmm. And when I land in a place where I have that kind of discernment and I'm actually able to see something because this also doesn't mean that everything that's going on all the time, it's like, oh, well, that's just your trauma. Oh, that's just your trauma. No, no, actually some things are fucked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when I'm in a moment like that, Am I able to meet the moment from a, a response that isn't disproportionate to what's happening? That will help me gauge, right? How much of the stuff I've cleared out of my body, how big my capacity is. If I'm not losing my shit in a trauma response and I can meet something, it doesn't mean that I won't necessarily say, hey, this isn't okay, or this doesn't feel right, or... I'm feeling angry or upset about the situation, but that, right, is like, it is confusing in the beginning, at least it was for me. I just really didn't know the difference between the two. And it's taken me certainly a lot more years than I anticipated to be able to actually learn the difference in most moments, if I'm really honest. Mm -hmm. thousand percent and that was like one of the biggest pieces of the the conscious partnership work for me was like wait hold on a second my interpretation <laughs> is not the ultimate truth like yeah whoa I had no clue like similar to what you're saying Amma because we have similar histories you know it's like <laughs> I had no idea I just thought what was happening was what I believed to be happening and that injust it's just so unjust and like whatever and it's and now even like you're saying now I mean earlier today we had a session and I'm like I can't tell if my reaction to this is actually appropriate to the situation or if it is exaggerated and if it's okay or if it's healthy or not and then I'm even gaslighting myself about it like and that's a pattern that I want to be aware of and and be you know not engaging in and just dropping into the emotions that are coming up. So it's just, there's so many little pieces and layers and nuances to it all. But yeah, the whole thing of like, oh, you can be having an experience and your interpretation of it is your experience and your reality in this moment. And then mine is the same, but it could be a completely different thing or it could be similar. It's just that saved me in terms of learning how to have healthier relationships. Cause it's like, it is valid, right? Like, even if like something happens and like Sarah Wolf's triggered and in that moment, she's having that experience. If I can understand that she's triggered and not take it personally, that's been another mm -hmm. piece for me is like not go into shame or guilt about like the fact that I did something that triggered her and instead just hold her in the end experience and listen. That's been like a, 
Jedi level request, right? Like of, of me. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I really want to go into shame right now and feel so bad for what I did that created her to be triggered, but that's not actually going to help the situation <laughs> at all. So it can both be true, right? Like I triggered her and I'm not an awful person. Mm-hmm. It's the best, <laughs> you know, and this is expanding the dimensional reality that you were talking about earlier. So it's like, it's not just the paper doll walking down, right? It's like, it's so multidimensional that maybe all of this actually can be true. And maybe when there's conflict or a rupture in a relationship and someone gets triggered, it doesn't automatically mean that there's a good person and a bad person, the right person and a wrong person. And it is so fun when we can actually find people to play this with, right? Like when there's a willingness for more than just me to be willing to do this thing and like someone opposite me who's also willing to do it. And then we can move through these things and actually learn about each other's triggers and create intimacy and accountability and safety and like move through something and it creates more closeness. What? That's the best thing ever. And what you're saying about that place where it's like, oh, I could trigger my friend and not be a terrible person at the same time. You know, I mean, the people closest in my universe and in my heart verse, like we have had rupture. We have, that is inevitable. There's no intimate relationship that's mm -hmm. not going to have rupture. That fantasy, may it be mm -hmm. rest in peace, okay? Mm -hmm. Like it's just not real. Yeah. So how we navigate, and how we move through rupture is actually what creates intimacy. And this is where I really would give a huge shout out to Fish in his very specific body of work, where he describes that in any human conflict, there's four things alive and they're happening all at the same time, which is, you know, I had an, an honest and innocent yearning of my heart for sure was not intending to create anyone harm, but maybe just in my action, there was an unintended impact that left you feeling pain. And both are true. Mm -hmm. And we could flip flop that and you could have an innocent, honest yearning of your heart and create unintended impact. And I could then experience pain on the other side of it. Not because you wanted that for me, not because that was ever your intention, and both are true. So can we keep expanding our bandwidth here in relationship, not only just with ourselves and our own parts, but then we add in the complexities of now, oh shit, you have your parts too and my parts. And wow, now we're gonna, now we're gonna grow it into that where we can start dancing in that realm. And it's an amazing place because that really is the truth. Chances are nobody's really waking up in the morning, right? Going, how can I really look? hurt this person so badly and maybe there are those moments right percentage yeah there's probably it's not going yeah there's there's a small percentage of everything but on the, in the majority we're not yes. going out to to seek to hurt and destroy like one of my ex-best yeah. friends after this whole thing went down and i look back at it I can still say, even though I had so much animosity built up towards a, her and we were young and didn't know how to deal with anything, even though my actions were my actions and I chose what I chose, 
I still, at the end of the day, go back and I'm like, even with the animosity, I actually didn't do that to hurt her individually. It hurt her, but my truth was to go down a path to soothe and fulfill a need and a pain yeah. and, a, and an emptiness. Yes. Yeah. And the byproduct of it yeah. was totally throw a bomb on her and we're still no longer friends and it's been like 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. um, Right. But if I really come back to that, I'm like, wow, no, as much as when I was younger and beat myself up after everything went down, I really look back at it and I'm like that, like heal yourself in that and forgive yourself because your truth was still not that you were going to go seek revenge on her for her at different moments. You felt treated you like a shitty friend. Like that, that's not, that's not what happened. It was yeah. a byproduct. Yeah. Right. And I think I would try to justify in the moment that I made the decision that end up hurting her that, oh, it's because she X, Y, Z and because this animosity and like, we didn't have the tools to fix. And then I remember she showed up in one of my dreams, like years later, mm. she's like, what did I do mm. to have that and this friendship to be broken? And I, in my dream, it felt so real. It was, I really feel like our higher selves talking to each other. And I said, there was so many things, but it really wasn't that. And I couldn't even tell you at this moment, one incident to tell you what happened. Like that's right. how much it, it, it's everything and nothing all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then- Years later, when I really, and it was actually my divorce that actually helped me move through the healing of that friendship. And when I was working back at my old restaurant, she came in and I was on the other side of really like, she stopped. This is interesting. She stopped showing up in my dreams until like two nights ago, she showed back up. And I thought that was weird because she would always show up. She would always show up. And I'm like, okay, I know this is unfinished. And so she shows up and she doesn't know I work there again. And I know that she still came in there and she got sat at my table and it was the beginning of the night and there was no one else to take the table. It was me, her, and her one scary friend that always scared the shit out of me. Right. So I was like, okay, we're doing this. And she, it was really interesting side note. I just thought this was a very interesting thing because she only ordered a salad at the end. And her friend, I overheard her going, why did you just order a salad? Like you were super hungry. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, she's in a very delicate, emotional place, uh, not really eating this whole thing threw her off. Mm -hmm. And I just came back to the table, like full love and just, you know, like, I'm just going to hold the container of this because I have more information than she does on a lot of levels in this moment. Mm -hmm. right. So I'm going to hold the space for her. And then as she was leaving, I was standing in a walkway and she walks by and I just like looked at her with so much love. And I was just like, it's really good to see you. And she's oh. like, it's really good to see you too. Mm -hmm. And we just took this moment. And like, that's when up until two nights ago, she left my dreams and I felt like really complete, mm. like really complete. But I guess I do know why she showed back up. I'm feeling her again that like, I want to sit with her of where I am now. Mm -hmm. I would love to connect with her of where I am now and like have a deeper conversation because of my understanding of so much more. 
And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not really looking, but it just kind of, I guess it, it really did maybe, but right before the dream or after it came back in the field of like, um, she was like a sister, you know, mm -hmm. and we went through a lot together. We initially moved to LA together and um, it just went real sideways, real South, real fast to two young girls, early twenties running around Hollywood. And, you know, it's just like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and if you, if there's two humans with all this unprocessed stuff, and no skills, this is inevitably the thing that's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Right. Which is why you hear people speaking to like so many falling outs and this, you know, and, and I have them too. And I just, I feel so sad for the version of myself that had absolutely no skill in some of these moments where, you know, particularly over the last 15 years, there's a couple of women who I just really deeply, deeply, deeply cared for and loved so much. And things came up in the relationship. And I didn't even know that some of what I was experiencing was projection, right? Mm -hmm. I was just so like convinced that this is the truth of, of the matter. And now from a place of panic, I got to act accordingly. Mm -hmm. And that's the best I could do. So what's the yearning, right? In that moment, like you're describing of your own heart, like grasping for safety. Mm -hmm. I have no skill, like literally none. So that's the best I got. Mm -hmm. Now, was it terrible? Yeah. And in this moment, it was the best I had. So can I go back to that moment and be kind to myself and not meet myself with so much brutality for what I really didn't know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And can I keep learning how to skillfully meet my needs, right? And be kind to others, but I, I can't if, if I'm not willing to actually attune to my own experience. And right. so that place of like, even in, and this is where fish blew my mind. Cause I was like, but what about this one situation? You know, like, <laughs> come on, buddy. Like, tell me yeah. you can find an honest and innocent yearning of this heart, you know? And you just like, <laughs> so gently and gracefully just like you know he's like well <laughs> I love his accent you know it's like um even in seemingly malicious behavior right like I can't keep going because I really can't <laughs> you're doing a really good job though yeah, that was great. You nailed it. but he just was like can you imagine that the amount of suffering and pain that that person is experiencing that they're grasping to not feel alone in that place because it's that painful mm -hmm. and they want to be understood and known in their pain. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, I want to argue with you and I can't, you know, because even in that, even in the person who's like, ha ha ha, like I'm going to seek revenge. Right. Like even in that moment, can I find the place of the human experience, right? Where there is an honest yearning of the heart. Yeah, it's a big ass. And sometimes I don't want to. That, and I, you don't have to in that no. moment. You really don't. <laughs> big and I'm committed to, right? Yeah. And I've got to give myself the time and space in those moments where I'm not quite 
ready because the thing feels so big or so painful to like really see that I've got to remember to actually see it in myself first, right? Like what is the honest desire and yearning of my heart in this moment? What is the need? Like, where is the pain? I've got to just really give that as much care and attention as possible before I can move so quickly out of that place. Cause that place also doesn't work. Like jumping over our own experience into compassion is a load of shit. It actually doesn't do anything except for lead to later down the road resentment and martyrdom because it's not real. We can't keep overriding our own needs. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier, Jess, around becoming the thing that we want to attract. Well, if I really want to be in partnership with somebody who can be attuned to my needs, who's available, who is kind, who's um, really interested in giving care and grace and compassion to my heart. Well, guess what? Life might be showing me that I'm not even willing to give those things to my own self. Mm -hmm. If I keep bringing in an experience where that is not showing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is so good. And so that. It really is. I just got filled with emotion. I just had to get upset. Let the, I mean, because it, it, yeah. It is so within, so without, right? As within, so it is, it, it, it is, it literally, literally does. It all just like all the teachings, it just comes yeah. back here, 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 here. Bring it back home, bring it back to the moment, bring it back to the breath, bring it back to like, you know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over, the and over, over, over and over, knocked off and get knocked off and get knocked off and back to my bones and back to my bones. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah. like you know, at the end of the day, it's just that I, I I really feel the mass majority of humans on this planet, and there was a really great um little like short video that was going around through the pandemic and it was like really just showing like the mass destruction and the tanks and the guns and the na 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 and like the fear the fear the fear and really at the end of the day the video's message was the majority of the people on the planet just want to have their families and be able to provide and have this like beautiful life experience and celebrate and their friends and like they, the majority of the human experience doesn't want to go around and blow a bunch of people up in their heart of hearts. They don't want to have to fight with their neighbor. They don't want to have to X, Y, Z. They don't want to have to go to war in the heart of hearts. The majority, I can't speak for all, but the majority just want to love and be loved and experience a joyful with the people that they love. Yeah. And then you put these other layers into it all, right? But I really do believe in majority of people's deepest desires is they just want to love and be loved. And it's that simple and that complicated all at the same time. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) It's everything and nothing. Like like what you said that earlier. Yeah. Everything and nothing. Mm -hmm. Everything and nothing. Yeah, that was, that was actually like this piece that was sort of lingering out that I was trying to grasp for because I started saying something that I wanted to actually bring that into and then just forgot, but this is the perfect moment for it to come back. 
which is, that was what the grandmother at the end of the day was really showing me in that place where it's like, can I trust that the children are safe, right? Mm -hmm. And I just navigated all these moments of like, I don't know, and, you know, the back and the forth of it all. And I'm outside, I'm just like projectile vomiting onto this tree. And she's like, look at me, look at me. And just looking at the tree even, right? It was like, and then I laid on my back and this wind started blowing and like, it's this eucalyptus tree and she just started dancing like this in the wind, right? And she was like, I'm fucking all of it. I'm all of it. I'm your vomit. I'm this eucalyptus tree dancing in the wind. Like I'm the children, I'm the elderly, I'm all of it. And it was like, Mm. what a moment. That's like cinematic right there. You could write a film just on that. I get shivers when you describe that. It's fucking powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all of it. It's all all of it. it. It's all of it. And the more and more we can be with more and more of it. Mm. The more present, the more connected, the more in our bodies, the Mm. more space, the more capacity, the more we can be in stillness and in action. And so how incredible that really each one of us were like, yeah, yeah, earth school. All right, let's go. And I know Jess, you and I have talked about this of spending a lot of the earlier years pretty sure that someone tricked us into signing that contract. Like I'm pretty clear that I didn't agree to any of this shit, right? And then there's that moment where it's like, oh my God, actually, maybe I kind of love it here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm never coming back to, (laughs) you know what? I don't know at this moment. This is pretty cool, you guys. I might come back. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's amazing. Well, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you for everyone watching and listening. Thank you, Amma, for gracing us with your presence. And I'm so happy that it aligned for you to come on here in this time and space in the, in the resurgent of this, (laughs) of this show and, and in its new form and energy. And it's such a blessing. And I love you both so incredibly much. And I'm very honored Mm -hmm. every day to be walking this path Mm -hmm. with your souls and that we found each other again Mm -hmm. in this vast universe of all the dimensions and all the places and here we are still going here we are at least we agreed to do this together that's what i am super grateful for yeah, yeah. 